the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I am Pastor Scott Furrow, also live. Great to be with you today on this fine day. Our world is in a lot of trouble in different ways. Something I read in the paper, I'm wondering if it affects you And uh, if you'd like to talk about it, the violence that is in particularly public transportation in our cities, L.A. Times is writing about it in Los Angeles and what's going on there and uh, what's been happening in San Diego. This is a report from KTLA uh, not too long ago about it. Let's try that again. Brutal stabbing on an MTA train, all caught by surveillance cameras. But it's not the first time the city's public rail lines have been plagued by violence. Some riders say it's just not safe to ride the trains, and they say city buses are also becoming more dangerous. Has that been your experience with it? Uh, and, you know, as we think about violence and things in our city, the, the one of the things that is important about this is that people who take public transportation often are people who can't afford to drive, or sometimes there's other things that get in the way. I was speaking with somebody last night, and we were having this conversation um, about transportation. He works downtown, and he has to park somewhere that costs him $20 a day to park there, and his employer doesn't pay for it for some reason. And, you know, we were talking about taking the train, but we talked about the violence. We talked about other things. What is your experience with this? 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I think it's something worth talking about and something that our city needs to deal with because in whatever city you live in, the same is true in San Diego. I'm from San Diego, and, you know, I think there is a west – well, I'm from Los Angeles, then I moved to San Diego, and now I'm from San Diego. I'm from everywhere. I'm to everybody's right and left in the state, I guess. That's why it's Southern California life. But um, – I think that there is an East Coast bias to public transportation because if you go to Washington, D.C. or New York or Boston, the public transportation is better. There's violence and there's increasing problems. And New York, of course, is known for some things on the subway. But, you know, the the trains were great in Washington, D.C. It's kind of unbelievable. If you live in the city, you really don't need a car uh, to do anything in the city. It really works well. But I think that you're talking about a city that is 10 square miles. You're talking about a city that's not very well spread out. And so you can get places very, very quickly. You get off the train. There's not really that far to walk. You know, in Southern California with public transportation, especially if you're talking about the uh, the trains in L.A. or the uh, trains or trolley in San Diego, you unless you work or live in whatever walking distance is to those things, you it's not really useful. It's kind of a... It's an interesting thing that we keep spending so much money. And what we're seeing happen is more and more violence and these trains being used for people with bad purposes. This is KTLA again. With passengers returning to public transit after the worst of the pandemic, crime is on the rise. In fact, uh, data from Metro show that violent crime is up 36 percent over the last year. 36 percent 
uh, you know, crime is going up everywhere. And the reason why is that this is part of being in a lawless society, you know, a period of time where we are not keeping uh, the law that we should. You know, the border issues that are there, some people talk about changing some laws and doing this and that, but the truth is, is that the laws are already in effect. There's already good enough laws to deal with the situation down there. They're just not enforced correctly. The governor, Governor Newsom right now, has decided he's not going to give the state of the state address, which is sort of the state version of the um, State of the Union address. And it's controversial because the state constitution requires him to do it. And he just says, nope, not going to do it. He's he's probably going to find some way to say he's doing it another way. He's going to make some policy statements and do some other things. Now, I don't know if you've ever watched a State of the State address. You probably haven't, and you probably don't notice, and you probably don't care. Uh, I don't care. You know, I'll watch it maybe because of the show or something. But what troubles me with this is that he is just going to blow off the law and the state assembly and the state uh, senate one of those two bodies or both are the ones who have to keep him accountable to doing what the governor is supposed to do. And they're not going to. And we see, I think, a similar breakdown even in Washington where you see um, the last few presidents who govern a lot by executive order, right? So President Biden was in town yesterday talking about gun uh, executive orders for waiting periods and things like that. And and some things you can argue maybe are within the president's purview, but the president doesn't make laws, really. His job is to enforce the laws. And what we have seen in huge numbers with President Biden, huge numbers with uh, President Trump and President Obama, a little bit with President George W. Bush, is an awful lot of governing by executive order and by rules and regulations that are that are passed and enforced like laws from executive branch um, entities, you know, Energy Department, Department of Transportation, all of these kinds of things. And I think what's breaking down in our culture is just a whole idea of what even the law is. What's breaking down is a system of law in order, and we we seem to not care. Am I right about that? And and if we don't care, if we're not going to enforce laws, then should we not see an increase of violence and crime, particularly in public areas and maybe even in public transportation? 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join the conversation. 888-528-2557. Charlotte in North Hollywood. Welcome to Southern California Live. Oh, hi. How are you? I, I'm good, Charlotte. How are you? Great, great. Well, thank you for doing the show. Um, I live in North Hollywood, and I live right in the midst of everything, and I get to see a lot of crazy stuff. And I think because the police or the law does not enforce it, makes people more dangerous and makes people more bold about seeing it. I literally see people doing things like walking into the store, just taking stuff out and and just, just take it out like no big deal. And the security guards can't do anything because their lives are more valued. And now I'm waiting for the public re- the um, transportation and things like that. And, like, it's very dangerous because the police don't assist or they know that the police is not going to do anything about it. And so I think, like, we need to really enforce the law, you know, and make be very strict about it to protect us as citizens. Yeah. Do you do you take public transportation? My son does. OK. And, uh, you know, as a mom, how old is your son? He is 23. Okay, he's 23. Does he take a bus or train or both? 
He does both. Yeah. And he skateboards. I mean, does he have it? Has he shared any stories of close calls or uh, times when he decided, you know what, I'm going to get off this train and get on the next one? Um, no, he hasn't had things like that, but he's actually seen um, people being um, manipulated, stolen from. Um, there was a situation with a uh, young lady, and he didn't know what to do because it's like, how do he protect her, protect himself? And he just felt really bad about it for the rest of the day. And I just told him, you had to do whatever God called you to do at that time, which is you, you couldn't help her out. But, you know, I said, next time, just call the police, and that'll make you feel better. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, he should be careful. I'm, in the L.A. Times, it says since January, 22 people have died on metro buses and trains, mostly from overdoses, drug overdoses, but some because of serious crimes, robbery, rape, aggravated assault. And that's yeah. not that's not what you uh, punch your ticket for when you get on a bus. No, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, and the train as well, you're stuck on it. And um, so, it, you know, it was pretty traumatic for him to see that and experience that because the biggest thing is like when you see it as a citizen what do you do yeah that's where it's like you want to do something but then at the same time you know nothing you know what's going to happen to you if that type of thing so i think that's the and i I appreciate your call charlotte and uh for you know all the things you experience and watching people just take stuff from the cvs or whatever they're doing um, thanks for calling Southern California Live, and I uh, hope your son stays safe and all of that through that. It's, um, you know, that that situation right now, a lot of people face, and it is getting worse. And the reason it's not, um, you know, dealt with so much is because if we're not going to prosecute the crimes in the first place, or if in the side of, of lawlessness we are allowing drug use that's illegal, but we're going to encourage it some way, and the reason we're encouraging it is because we just don't believe in you know, the idea that somebody should be told how to take care of themselves. And there is great harm that is caused to the citizens and the entire society when we don't keep laws. You know, Laws are things that can be burdensome and oppressive, and that's certainly something that is true. And cultures, uh, you know, the other side of this is sometimes it swings back the other way and it gets to be uh, – you know, some kind of police state, and you don't want that either. But right now we're living in a place that is in a world where it's getting worse. It's getting worse everywhere. It's not just in the United States, by the way. In uh, most Western countries, they're experiencing more and more difficulties like this. And the the plain reason is we don't want to keep the law. Uh, this is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. The number is 888-528-2557. It's in a whole lot of different um ways also. So I mentioned the governor who's blowing off the state of the state address. Not that anybody's going to watch it, but he's not doing it. Uh, The federal government, the president's executive orders sort of passing laws. You know, the reason that they're doing that initially anyway was frustration because the Congress wasn't doing it. And now I think that they feel like they can just do it because that's kind of how it's done, but it's actually bad. We, We have a Congress on purpose. We have a House and Senate on purpose. We have a government with checks and balances on purpose. And when you start taking those away, you're definitely on the path to tyranny one way or the other. Uh, history shows us this. But also in Scripture, you have the idea that we are, you know, towards the end times, people are going to be lawless. And the reason is, is that we are also breaking down what is right and wrong. You know, there are people who will argue that it's perfectly fine to go clean out the CVS. I don't know why I would say CVS, but it seems like on the news whenever there's some... Uh, 
drugstore getting wiped out by a bunch of people, it's a CVS. You know, maybe they just got completely stressed out by the long receipt that they're going to get if they uh, buy stuff there. You ever shop at CVS? I mean, the the uh, receipt is like 10 miles long. Maybe it's just too stressful to get that receipt. <laughs> you know, you're worried about paper or whatever. You know, and now I have to go in. It took me forever. I wanted at last a uh, couple months ago. I wanted to buy some of that saline solution. And you shoot up your nose if you got con- congestion and stuff. And the saline solution was behind glass. The saline solution was behind. I had to wait, and for a person to come out with a key and open up the glass. It's two dollars. This crazy thing. Um, but they put everything: the deodorant, the shampoo, everything behind glass. Which raises the cost of it. It's probably two fifty nine now, simply because they got to pay not just for the glass, but they got to pay for a new employee whose job it is is to carry around these keys and open up the thing every time somebody wants to, you know, buy their eye drops or whatever. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. What's your experience with this art in orange? Welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, thanks, Scott. Thanks for uh, uh, thanks for the show and thanks for touching this topic. Thanks, Art. I think it. Yeah, I think it's something that uh, having lived in uh, and traveled in a third world country, I think it's something that's common across the border. Hmm. It's now here. You mentioned it. Uh, the borders are open. There are nefarious people and bad actors that are here. And the laws are not being abided by that we have on the books are basically creating laws actually against uh, enforcing. Right. So some of the laws are against the law. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's what's I've been you know I've been in, told before it's something that's called ordered chaos. So, for example, when it gets to a point where everything is is basically chaotic, now the government or entity has to step in to put everything in order. Now, let me give you an example. Across the border in El Salvador, um, the the gangs that were running the streets and basically running the town. The new president in that country, Bukele, has basically put in uh, this massive jail system, and he has broken up the gangs. He has enforced very strict laws and come down very hard on all the criminals, so much so that in that country, which was known for violence and rape and robbery, and I mean, just the list goes on and on and on, now the country is under... A, I think it's, I think it's an order of chaos. But basically, the people are now out on the streets. They're shopping. They're dining. Something that you have not seen in years, and their people are perfectly content with it because now the government has stepped in, brought in all the criminals, broken them up. They're now in prisons and 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 whatnot. But what's fascinating is that the people are perfectly content with having order whoever it may be even though this 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 man may have mm, other right. ideas as far as as far as control so i think there's a level of deception that can come through that and people may get to the point where it says we don't care who we get as long as you guys put everything back in order do you think that Whatever. our country is headed that way and i i say this i've been yeah. in el salvador a couple times i know what you're talking about i pay attention to it El Salvador's new president in 2022 arrested 2% of the adult population in its war on gangs. Like two out of every hundred people are in prison now in El Salvador. That's how bad the violence was uh, there. And I can understand why the people there would be okay with that. You know, are we going to have to do that? Are we going to wait so long in the United States that we will be okay with mass imprisonment? 
I believe it's headed that way, and I believe that there is a deception that's coming, even stronger than what we're seeing right now, mm. um, where people will come to the point. There's so it, it, it's going to get to a point where it says, "I don't care who's running that house, as long as the streets are safe and these people are in prison. You can tell us what you want us to do, and you can take our money and 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 rule with the iron fist, but we don't have to live under that fear." Yeah. that has been placed upon, yeah. but I think it's the same people that are causing it. It's called ordered chaos. Well, and, and there's a, you know, there's a lot of things that happen in some countries where you kind of that pendulum like that swings back and forth. And uh, some of it is, I think, directed, like you say, Art, thank you for calling Southern California live. Um, 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, Cindy in Valley Village, welcome to Southern California live. Hi. And thank you for taking my call and the topic. Um, I do have a son that um, is in San Diego, uh, and he takes uh, the train um, to Los Angeles, uh, you know, to visit us um, monthly. And I told him, always book business class because of this. And um, I'm like, and I told him, hold your things, fall asleep holding your backpack and your luggage, uh, because I've heard of this going on. And also, I have a friend that um, she did lose her car, and she's been taking uh, buses in Los Angeles, and she's, she doesn't want to do it anymore. She said they are smoking drugs crack on the, and she's seen them make drug deals, and she's seen fights. Uh, yeah. A few times on buses, and this is real, and it's happening, and um, it's tragic. It's tragic, and it's getting worse. And I think as we, we talked about it, the where it's heading is some kind of drastic swing of the pendulum, right, where – you know, the people in El Salvador are like, you know what, arrest everybody. We don't care now. We just need to be able to go to the stores. We're getting there, right? I don't want to go to CVS and have to, uh, you know, open the glass for every single thing. Plus, it costs more. The taxes, you know, are more and more. Um, and I don't know. I think it could be brutal. Uh, I hope that your son uh, remains safe on those trains coming north and south. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Cindy, for calling. You know, I I, uh, I would take the train whenever I got jury duty. I've not yet been called for jury duty in uh, Los Angeles County. Um, and, you know, as a pastor, usually they just throw me right off the jury. It's like, what are you doing, pastor? Out, you know, um, and because um, they don't want you to have any opinions on a lot of cases. But I would they would give you a free coupon in San Diego to take the trolley, the San Diego train, to uh, the courthouse. And I would do that sometimes just kind of for fun, and you get to— to do that. And uh, what I learned something is that you get on the trolley and you get to know some people and, uh, you know, you get to know your fellow jurors before you even get into the jury pool. And that's kind of fun. You talk to them, oh, you got jury duty too. And you have those conversations. And then also it helps you get off the jury because when you get in the court and they say, do you personally know the defendant? You can say, yes, I met him on the train on the way here. He stole my wallet. And uh, that also helps you get off the train. I was on I was on one one time where something was going down, and I was taking my kids. You know, for some reason, like we want to ride the train. Okay, so we're going to ride the train. And the kids, uh, you know, I'm I'm holding my kids, and I notice a police officer gets on the trolley, and then a whole bunch of people on there get really nervous, and the 
you could tell they're nervous. And I thought, I'm in a bad car here. Something is going down. And there's like staring, you know, people staring each other down. And I thought, I've got my two little kids. This is not a good environment. And at the next stop, uh, what happened was a bunch of these people got off and through one door in the, the, tri- the car. And the police officer got off on the front door of the car. And then the people who got off got right back on before that police officer could get back on. The door shut and we were gone. And I th- and then I got off at the next stop, uh, and my kids were confused at you know why we stopped there, but uh, that was the reason why we stopped there. All right, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is the number. And uh, David in Culver City, welcome to Southern California Live. Oh, uh, it's just me again, Scott. But do, um, do you take public transportation, David? No, I don't. But I'm usually on my way home around this time of day in my car. Uh, however, well, just as a comment on public transportation, you may or not realize you may or may not realize this. There's virtually no public transportation system in the United States that's self-supporting. All yeah, oh, public yeah. transportation requires heavy taxpayer subsidy. That's right. New York, San Francisco, Boston, lots of taxes go into that. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, on your bigger topic of respect for law and order, you know, I think you're picking and choosing. I think there is a general disregard for laws. Right. Uh, you've, got, you've got John MacArthur coming out and telling his congregation, don't listen to what the government says about COVID. Don't trust the government. So why should we trust the government in other things? Well, COVID was a, you know, uh, you know I understand what you're well, saying, that, but it was an unusual thing. But at the same time, it's uh, there were some breakdowns with that. I mean, even with sheriffs deciding they're not going to follow some of the, uh, the laws, the right, whole, with that. I agree. I agree with you. That's the whole point. There's yeah. a lack of civic responsibility. You've got people in the in the armed forces. I mean, that used to be what if they told you to stand on your head, you stood on your head. You've got all these people that didn't want to get vaccinated because they want to challenge their superior officers. Well, is, so I think yeah. there is a breakdown. There's a distrust of yeah. authority. There's a distrust. There's a breakdown in civic yeah. responsi- uh, responsibility. And when you have people picking and choosing what laws to follow, that gets you in a very dangerous position. Yeah, I got to really go to a, I got to go to a break, but I agree with no, you right, David, the, the picking and choosing is a it's a huge problem, right? And even if you feel like you've got a good reason to pick and choose because you don't trust the government or whatever, that's still a problem either way. I got to take a break. I'm late. This is Southern California Live. You can join the conversation 888-528-2557. I'll be back as the Wednesday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. We're talking about violence and lawlessness and violence, particularly particularly on public transportation. The LA Times had a report about that. And uh, depending on, I've read a couple different surveys, but it's gone up violent crime on public transportation has gone up in the past year, either 22 or 33 percent. Either way, it's a lot, and uh, it's pretty scary. Uh, there have been 22 incidents of death, either to drug overdose or um, violent crime, just in Los Angeles just since January. And so we're talking about that. 888-528-2557. Uh, Rudy and Brea, welcome to Southern California Live. Thanks for taking my call, Scott. Uh, I have a few comments. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think uh, there's a depends on which uh, public transportation you're taking. Um, I take public transportation, and uh, for a time I lived in uh, South LA, 
Yeah. I would take the Metro LA and, um, where I grew up was uh, kind of more towards San Gabriel Valley, and over there is uh, it's called the Foothill Transit, and uh, there's a huge uh, difference between the the two. And um, but uh, generally speaking, it's very safe. Um, of course, there's incidents, and you always gotta kind of keep eyes on the back of your head. But uh, I got so much reading done when I take. I, I have a car now, so I don't take public transportation all the time, but yeah. I live kind of like close to uh, where the rail lines are, so I'll take those sometimes. But uh, I got so much reading done because um, instead of, you know, driving, I would just kind of put my head down and... Uh, oh, yeah. It can be a great books. thing to read or to uh, yeah. or to do work. Sometimes you can just actually be at work and on the train. It's a great right. thing if you can do that. Right. And... Um, I heard you say something about how you saw some folks get on the train or stay on the train and then uh, after the cops or they got back on the train after the cops got off the train. Yeah, they were maneuvering had, around the, the police for one reason. It's clear that the police was, you know, looking at them for something, but nothing happened. But there was a definite tension and everybody knew it. Right. And um, I noticed that um, especially when I took um, buses um, and uh that there's it's mostly it's mostly brown people and generally speaking you mean people um, who are riding on the bus it's it's often uh, yeah, right, people right, of color right. it's especially in south la um it's it's packed and um and when you get on the rails you you notice that the deputies come on and they start checking because uh start checking everybody's tickets i had an incident where they didn't believe that my id was who I was, so they took me off the train, and um, they took they started uh, they detained me, and they started searching my pockets. <clears throat> they didn't believe that my belongings that I had on me were in, in fact mine. I had I had just gotten on the this, the train at Union Station, and by the time it, we were going north, um, we got off on Chinatown, just right the next stop, and they took me off, and they took some stuff out of my wallet. What they were holding up uh, one of my medical documents, and it flew right out of their hands. And they start all started cracking up, and I started yelling. And a bunch of I was kind of making a scene, <clears throat> and uh, everyone turned around. So then they they told me to shut up and that they were going to teach me a lesson. And they took me down on the on the street platform because the Chinatown platform is three three levels up, but. <clears throat> And then they ended up not being able to get anything on me because they they told me that I was a dopehead, that they were going to find this on me and that on me and all kinds of stuff, basically lies. And I, I think they were just finding, trying to find someone to bully. But I think they were really hoping to take me or pin something on me. Well, they might they have been hoping that you had that. something. Yeah, they couldn't do that. So they had to let me go. And they told me if they ever saw me, again because i had a a pink bicycle too and they know they said if i ever they ever saw a guy on a pink bicycle that they would they would stop and and get me so i just wanted to let you know you know sometimes especially in the inner city some especially back in the day the deputies weren't aren't necessarily like your friend like i didn't i think i i think i started talking to them when they were taking my ticket i asked them so what's the difference between lapd and the la county sheriff 
and it was a you know sheriff deputy, and he said, "I got a question for you. Where's the where's the weed at?" And so he didn't. I think. Yeah, well, they shouldn't. I, they for sure should not have done that. I'm sorry that you went through that. I think that uh, you know that's something that grows out of maybe some different things, but it also grows out of the tension of the violence and the the problems. Um, oh, and yeah. it's not right that uh, that right. should happen. I, not that uh, not, I'm not saying all cops are bad, but um, and I know a lot of them <clears throat> they're there to uh, keep the peace. But uh, I'm just saying. Just because some kids, they don't want to interact with the cops doesn't yeah. mean that they're trying to hide something. Right. I was just they're pointing just out there's some – no, I'm, I'm with you there, Rudy. There's definitely some tension yeah. there one way or the other. Uh, but I felt yeah. like I needed to get out of there depending on what would happen one way or the other. Uh, Rudy, I appreciate right. your call. Thanks for calling today, Southern California Live. 888-528-2557. Elaine – Eileen? Eileen, I think, in Los Angeles. Yes. Hi, Eileen. Yes, Eileen, hi, Scott. Nice to talk to you. Um, I wanted to make a comment on what the earlier caller had um, called in and said. I think he said in another country that um, the president had implemented strict laws. Oh, yeah. We had a caller. Gonna... He talked about El Salvador and strict laws yeah. that have been happening there. And I mentioned that um, they've arrested what amounts to 2% of the population in 2022, uh, rounding up gang members, basically. Oh, yes. Okay. So I, I missed the gang member part because I'm like, well, you know, most of the because I write, I do ride public transit. I ride my bike. So sometimes I'll take the Amtrak down to San Diego, you know, ride to Coronado whatnot and jump on the train ride back. And I have to pick the train up, um, you know, at the Amtrak station, which is downtown. And along the ride, even going there, there's so many homeless people. Like the homeless population is really like just overwhelming. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like at least the state of California. And a lot of times on public transportation, they just get on public transportation and ride. Right. Along with, too, the, the conversation that you were having about, you know, um, the, the, the people, the bad characters or the, the tension between the police and the people, you know what I'm saying, that were on right. the train. Like a lot of times, like the guy said, there's drug deals going on and stuff like that, you know. And so when you're in the inner city cop and you see all that all the time, but most of the people I feel that's on there doing the drugs have something to be do with homelessness. You know what I'm saying? Like that's right. it all turns back to homelessness because they definitely have drug problems. And so I just wouldn't want to see. I agree that there's a problem and there's, there's a problem with crime, but I wouldn't want to see the prison overwhelmed with the burden of the homeless people who need mental health. We need mental health facilities. We need facilities, someplace to put them so they're not overburdening all of our public system. Yeah, and we, we need a— You know what I'm saying? I do. I know exactly what you're saying. And, uh, you know, we need to be able to, um, to have a society that actually is ready to help and willing to help. And it's hard when people often are unwilling to accept the help. But I think some of it in our town, in our state in particular, is they don't want to, they don't want the help because we're financing it. You know, they've come here from other states, about half of them, because we give them money and we give them free drugs or we give them access to all of that stuff. And so it's very hard to convince somebody to get sober when you are at the same time giving them the their drugs. And uh, that is part of the problem. Um, do you feel safe when you ride uh, public transportation? 
Not really. I try to have a little bottle of mace with me or some pepper spray, something like that, you know, just in case I can spray somebody off of me and get away. But like the guy said, you have to keep your head on the swivel and eyes in the back of your head and yeah. hope nobody don't want to steal your bike or, you know what I'm saying, like yeah. nothing. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely challenging, definitely challenging. Even riding on the bike paths, you know, you got so many people out there living on the riverbeds and things like that. And so, you know, you, it's just it's just weird, you know, riding yep. out there. And yeah, so it is weird. All right, Eileen, will you stay safe? Call. Stay safe out there. Thanks for listening to Southern California Live. I love your station. Okay. All right, Thank Eileen. You. Thank you. We love you. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. You were talking. You know, we're talking about this, and part of lawlessness when it when things happen, it's because of a breakdown of trust, uh, trust between institutions, trust between people in general. You know, a lot of people who might look like they got something up, they don't. You know, right? They're just they're just there. Um, but when you have a breakdown of trust, it leads to a whole lot of compounding problems. And I think this is something that is it ultimately comes down to a spiritual problem. It comes down to problems that you know countries have when it is uh, related to freedom and where your freedoms come from. And if your freedoms come from the government, which is officially where they come from in a lot of countries around the world, uh, the government can take them away. And you lose your freedom ultimately with too much lawlessness uh, when people just can't or feel like they they don't want to open or follow the law. When we come back in a moment, we'll take your calls. Also, there is a, a survey that came out that talked about the trust problems that have developed just since the pandemic. And I think it's relevant here. I'll give you that as soon as the Southern California Live show continues. I'm Scott Furrow. We'll be back as the Wednesday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. We have up to 48 officers on a daily basis, 24 hours a day. Uh, working diligently, um, working footbeats, working in, in uh, vehicles, jumping on trains, jumping on buses, making contact with our bus operators, our train operators, and all of our metro personnel to make certain that the ridership here in Los Angeles is safe at all times. We're talking about the violence and the drug use and other things on public transportation, whether or not you feel safe, and how it leads into lawlessness and where we're headed as a society with it. And I think mistrust of institutions has a lot to do with it. The number is 888-528-2557. Ted in Los Angeles. Welcome to Southern California Live. Pastor Scott, Ted, City of the Angels. How are you, sir? I'm fine, Ted. Okay. I just wanted to, you know, I don't really need any statistics. Um, I've actually lived it. I've watched it happen. Uh, Like I say, I grew up 10 blocks from the government housing, so my friends were in there. And also in the neighborhoods where people owned homes, I watched people in the government housing become police officers and actually chief of Culver City uh, Police Department. I've watched them become professional football players, school school teachers, on and on. And then I've watched people in my neighborhood that had an unbelievable upbringing, and uh, they ended up being crackheads. So, so you're you're seeing that there's a lot of drug problems on the public transit. Well, that's this is the issue. This is like this lady was saying. It is drug addicts that don't want to get sober, and along and actually backing up what she said along the bike paths. I I know a couple of them, guys I grew up with that just kept on 
uh, ripping and running, and then they end up on the street, yeah. and all they want to do is get high. So what do we do and about so, it, Ted? What, they need Jesus. That's the only answer. It's the only answer. All right, Ted. Thank you for uh, for calling Southern okay. California Live. You know, when he says they need Jesus, you know, there is uh, something, I think, that is behind that, and something that is also, I think, part of the difficulty, particularly with the drugs and with the homeless, is that often Jesus is excluded from people, meaning that the money, the hundreds of millions of dollars that are given in the, that are being spent in California to deal with homelessness issues, you don't qualify for much or any of that if you have a program that requires you to do two things, requires um, or a program that is Christ-centered, you know, religious, where you are going to teach the gospel at it, you don't get the money, and you don't get the money if you're going to have a sobriety program where you expect people to be sober. And, you know, and you take those two things out, I don't know how anybody thinks that uh, we're going to solve this problem. It is completely bizarre, and uh, I think it's spiritual, number one. Number two, I think that it also leads to mistrust, because I think all of us think, you may not agree on the Jesus part, but I think everybody agrees that sobriety is the way out of it. I would tell you that the Jesus part is the way that you get sober. You know, AA used to tell you that, right? As you 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 find your higher being, they kind of get at today. But it, in some AAs, they still tell you who that higher being is. But it always used to be you find the Lord. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Anna in South LA, welcome to Southern California Live. Says you used to be a uh, bus driver. Yes, for over thirteen years. All right, what was that like? Did you like it? Oh, my goodness. Every single day was a challenge. Mm. Every day was a challenge. Um, I, I've, I've seen and heard so many things that are just unbelievable. Sometimes I wonder, like, how, who raised you, you know? Um, <laughs> and, and, also, and also the police, they, they don't care. They really don't care. They, I lost you there, uh, Ana. Are you still with me? Um, no, I just hurt myself. And I oh, yeah, I got to turn your radio me. down. I know it's exciting. You can get it later on the yeah. podcast. But, uh, yeah. you know, when you say they don't care, what does that mean? Do you mean that they, you know, your impression was is that they just aren't going to do anything to help? You know what? I've had people come on my bus. I've had gang fights on my gut bus where they used my bus as a, as a uh, what do you call that, um, shield? Right. I've had people come on. I've had children come on with just shirts you could see right through, and I thought, what? Mm. I, I could tell you so many times that there yeah. were there were people that, that just came on that the, the way they live, it's just the way they live. They, they don't have the Lord in their life, and, and um, it's kind of scary because sometimes I go on the bus, and it, I, I, I see and I hear things. That it's it's really it's a, it can be a scary environment. The drugs are on there. The drugs are on there. Right, the drugs are you know, on there. And so, sometimes I feel like the the money's going into the wrong hands. If that makes any sense, you mean the public money? I really, yes. Yeah. When I you really say the police don't care, is it because they you just notice all this and the uh, police don't do anything about it? Nothing. Nothing yeah. at all. You know, I don't think uh, that they don't care. I think that the system right now is really not allowing them to do something effective, and so often mm. they just do nothing. Uh, or they, uh, you know, we've had some uh, stories uh, on the air where the, they, what they did was they randomly pick somebody, or maybe it's not so random, but they pick somebody and sort of harass them. And they might even be right a lot of the time. We're going to pull you off the bus and find out where your drugs are, and they might be right a lot, right? 
but that also is not uh, the ideal way. Not the ideal way to do it. So you're not a bus driver anymore. Did you uh, retire, or did you decide to you couldn't do it anymore? You retired. Yes. No, I retired. I retired. Well, Anna, I'm glad that you were able to stay uh, stay safe. Ultimately, I'm sure you had some scary moments. Uh, yes, on a regular yes. Basis. I, I know I'm going to forget to say something, but there, it, 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 all the drugs and everything, it's all true. It's all true. Oh, yeah. I think people know. all of that. We got to do something. Wendy or Anna, thank Thanks, you so sir. much for your call. Um, 888-528-2557. Wendy in Orange County, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, Scott. How are you? I'm good, Wendy. How are you? Just fine. Um, I wanted to just chime in regarding the government grants and contracts for nonprofit organizations yeah. and the, the level of, of Christianity and, and of, of a religious nature. And I work for one of the largest nonprofits in Orange County, and we are a Christian organization, and we do receive government funding, and we have a fantastic shelter in Orange that offers rehab services. And, you know, being a Christian, what I've noticed is that individuals who have drug, drug problems, it's like they have to arrive at that moment themselves where they decide that they just don't want to live that way anymore. Yeah. And they have somewhere to go. It's just a matter of, it's like, you know, Christ has to come in and he will and give those people the strength that they need to change the way that they're living and there are you know we've, we've got some really great ones i just wanted to say that that anyone who has a drug problem and they want to get off of it we've got places where you can go yeah there's places you have to funded. you have to want to and that is a, a big piece that, of it that's, that's wendy right. thank yeah, you big... yeah thank you wendy for what you do and uh for calling us today i want to get in a couple more calls here james in orange county welcome to southern california live Hey, how you doing today? I'm good, James. Good, good. Hey, um, 35 years in uh, law enforcement here in Southern California. Um, and I think, you know, I'll tell you what, there's not an officer that I know that has ever come to work and said, hey, I'm going to put on a badge and, and a gun and a bulletproof vest because I'm going to walk around and not care because about I anybody. Because I don't care, right. That is, that is just absolutely uh, untrue. This is, law enforcement is still such a noble profession. Yeah. But people have to understand that when we go out and we do these jobs, we have rules that we have to play by. And those rules come from our lawmakers. So if people keep voting in lawmakers that decriminalize drugs, that decriminalize activity that allows a homeless person or any person to encroach upon our our property or our freedom, then, yeah, the police can't do anything. There was an incident uh, the other day that I heard about where um, a man, just a guy, pumping gas. He got punched in the face by a homeless guy. Yeah. And the, and the police, what, you know, what did they do? They had to cite and release the guy because that's what the law says. They were not allowed by law to take him into custody. I think that you Um, make a point that's really important that it's, it's not that people don't care. It's that this is what we are voting for in California. Uh, So true. It is what we are putting up with. It's what we, you know, we as citizens have everything to do with it. And it isn't that we don't hold homeless people or drug addicts or gang members or whoever violent criminals accountable. We need to do that. But all of us who vote, all of us who have a voice, uh, we we need to recognize that what's going on is in part because we have a government that is in the wrong place. And it's one that we keep voting for over and over again. 
Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, through through time, I mean, it's there's always an ebb and flow with, with laws. And, and, and that's actually kind of the fun of, of law enforcement is that you get to go out and you help people, but you have rules to play by, and it's challenging, and it's, it's rewarding. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, at this point now, it's just the, the, the lack of personal accountability. It's just uh, it's, it's <laughs> off the charts. That's really huge. James, are you still uh, in law enforcement, or did you retire? Or doing no, I'm else? still... Still going strong. All right. Well, thank you for your service and, uh, you know, for putting up with all the difficulties that are out there. I know that it's hard and uh, and you guys get unfairly targeted for a whole lot of stuff. But thank you for hanging in there. Appreciate your comments. God bless. All right. God bless you, James. Bye-bye. All right. Let's see here. I got time for maybe uh, one more. Martin and Gardena. Welcome to Southern California Live. Uh, how you guys doing? Hi. Good, Martin. Uh, well, I just call and share my opinion. You know, um, I honestly believe, like, yeah, you know, the homeless problem and, you know, the drug epidemic is getting pretty bad over here. Um, but, you know, a lot of the situations that, you know, a lot of these people are walking around these streets lost, you know, a lot of them are just part of this world already where they think that this is it. Yeah. This is, this is all there is, you know, and it's really sad, you know. A lot of these people, they have little to no faith, you know. Yeah. And, um, and they lost it a know, long time ago. I think that's part yeah. of the problem, right? Is it happened, uh, they yeah. got where they are because of things that occurred a long time ago. Correct, you know? And, and it sucks. Because, uh, I don't know if you can say that, but, it, you know, it's bad because, you know, uh, it, it, I'm pretty sure for a lot of these people, they feel like there's nobody who can help them, you know? There yeah. is no, uh, and, and even, you know, say you are trying to get help and you, like you said, you reach out to somebody and they're, and they're like, Oh yeah, we're going to help you. Well, it turns out you don't have health insurance. We can't help you. Or it turns out, you know, your, your drug dependency means we can't help you. Yeah. Or it turns out, you know, it's all this. I remember one time. That Martin, I'm, about, I'm, about, I'm about out of time here. I'm going to have to let you go. I got a hard break coming up, but I appreciate your call. And uh, I won't get to you the rest of your calls, Charles. Uh, we can try again on Friday. We do open line Friday and anybody else calling on there. You know, I was going to tell you, you know, a survey came out, too. I'll get to this maybe later on this week, just about how we've lost trust in our uh, leadership in certain ways. But I want to encourage you, we can get that trust back, but we all have to use our voice. We have to use our, our vote. And as as Christians, we've got to find a way to do exactly what we were just hearing about. And it's reaching out to people who lost their hope and their faith a long time ago. And uh, we really need to help. I'm out of time. There's a lot more to say, but we're done for today. This is Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, your host. I'll see you again tomorrow from 3 to 5. God bless. Have a great evening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.